Praise the Lord. We thank God so much for this precious moment that he has given us to be in his house. It's an honor to be a child of God, to know him, to grow in him, and to make him known. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. John chapter 15. John chapter 15 from verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. Verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Father, may you bless your word this morning. May you speak to us. May you release fresh life and spirit within us. Let your name be glorified, dear God. Father, we thank you for the past week. And we thank you, Father, for all that you've done in this past week. And now, Lord, we stand before you this morning. We come at your feet, ready for freshness of you, O God, ready for fresh life. We desire and we long for an impartation, Lord, of freshness, O Lord, from you, dear God. Father, we pray that you will release that life. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you will draw us deeper and deeper to yourself, dear God, that, Father, that which you do within will come forth through us, my God, for your glory. And, Lord, this morning, build for yourself a name. This morning, dear God, let your will be done, Father. We love you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. John chapter 10, verse 10.
the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy i am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly i am the good shepherd the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep jesus comes specifically to restore man back to god jesus comes to restore that which the enemy had tried to destroy in the garden of eden after god had created man the bible says that god created man in his image and in his likeness the life that man carried the life that man had was life that was in god nothing less nothing more it was that life and so in in man there was the love for god the fear of god the reverence of god brokenness humility everything that was in god or that god had wanted to be in man was released in him praise the lord and so when when the devil came in he came to destroy that which god had created he wanted to distort god's creation because he wanted to simply take over rule on the earth god was ruling on the earth through man god extended his kingdom his reign on the earth through man when he said let us create man in our image and in our likeness and let him have dominion so the one who was ruling down here on the earth was god through man so man was in charge and it is that very life that god had given man that the devil hated so jesus says that the thief comes not but to steal to kill and destroy and the thief here is the devil so the devil comes to steal he steals that which is of god he steals that which causes man to obey god and love god he steals and after stealing he kills and he destroys jesus says on the contrary i have come that they might have life that they might have life and have this life more abundantly the life that jesus talked about was the eternal life the life that jesus talked about was that life that god had put in man when he created him in the beginning when he said let us create man in our image and our likeness so jesus gives this life he gives the eternal life it is that life that begins to rule in man that begins to reign in us so when you go to john 15 and jesus says i am the true vine and my father is the husbandman so god the father 
As we have been seeing before, he's the owner of the garden. He's the owner of the entire life. He's the one who tends the garden. And within that garden, there is this life, which is Jesus Christ, who is the vine. And you don't find any other, any other life. It is that life, which is Jesus Christ, the vine. And the third thing is that he says, you are the branches. He says, any branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. And last time we looked at this part of purging, and we say that this is not simply the pruning, I mean the, the weeding, the removing of weeds out of the garden, is not necessarily um, or only dealing with sin, but there are things that the Lord may have done in our lives before, and they no longer or they need to be put aside because he takes us from, from glory to glory. He wants us to remain humble. He wants us to go deeper and deeper in him. And there are times that he wants to take off those things of yesterday. He wants to remove everything that, every limitation, everything that may try to stand in his way. At times there, there are things that we, we pick on in, in our salvation, in our walk with God. And so they begin to hinder the real fruitfulness. And so he says, I want to cleanse, I want to prune, I want to cut off those areas so that there is more fruit. There are many times that we get stuck. No more growth, no more, no more fruitfulness. And the Lord says, I want to prune, I want to cleanse. I need more fruit. Praise the Lord. I need more fruit. So he says that you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So we see that the word of God cleanses us. The word of God keeps us in shape with the purposes of God, with the will of God. And in verse 4 he says, Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide. Praise the Lord. So, there is an emphasis here of abiding. Stay, remain, keep there in me. Let your eyes be upon me. Let your attention be upon me. As you do an eye in you, and he says the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. So, we can... Go through life, do so many things in life, but when it comes to the fruit, and this is the fruit of righteousness, it's the fruit of righteousness, it's, it's, it's the life of God. You may realize that someone is so successful in so many things, but when it comes to that life that Jesus himself produces, someone is so lacking. And, and when he says here, you cannot accept Accept. You cannot accept. And when you go further to, to, to verse 5, he says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Ye can do nothing. Is it true that you can do nothing in life? 
Is it true that you can simply wake up and you fail to do anything? What is that that Jesus is talking about that without me you can do nothing? You can wake up, you can go to work, you can wake up, you can eat, you can wake up and do so many things. But there is a life that Jesus is talking about here. Without me, you can do nothing. Praise the Lord. Without me, you can do nothing. The, the life of fruitfulness, fruitfulness in our walk with God, spiritual fruitfulness entirely depends on Jesus. Entirely depends on Jesus. And that's why he emphasizes, abide in me. If you don't abide, you are going to produce a different life. You will produce your own life, you will do your own things, and you will convince yourself that you are in me, and you're a strong believer, but when actually you are in a different life, a different world altogether. So he says, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Remember up there, he is talking about more fruit. More fruit. Pruning, cleansing for more fruit. And then he goes further and he says, much fruit. He talks of much fruit. Fruit more fruit, much fruit. The success of the Christian life, the, the eternal life, the life of God within us depends on Jesus. Depends on Jesus. You remove your eyes from Jesus you put your eyes on circumstances. You put your life on you remember sometime back when we were dealing with with a, with a parable of the sower and, a, and Jesus talked about the deceitfulness of riches and, and, and so many things about the world. In other words, those things can be there, but once this focus is removed off Jesus and put onto these other things, they will begin to choke that life. They'll begin to choke that focus. And the challenging thing is where people remain, I'll say, in the system. They remain in church. They remain in service. They, they serve God. They do so many things. They remain, um, if they have family, they keep with those families. If they, whatever they are, they remain doing whatever they're doing. And actually, they can even get so lost in work, in business of life, and they may not have that deep conviction, that inner conviction that something is missing, something is dying out of in you. You are drifting. You are far from God. Business of life, when someone is a believer can blind the eyes and the understanding of a believer and they fail to know 
that actually they are far from him and they are not deeply in that life. This week, there are things that the Lord exposed me to. Especially how Christianity or the gospel came to Uganda. And I simply cried to God and I said, Lord, have mercy upon us. I've been, I've been so thankful, grateful to God, especially for the missionaries that brought Christianity to Uganda. And we really thank God. But there are some things that have remained confusing. When you look at Christianity in Uganda, the gospel in Uganda, and the life, and what we see in society, and what we see in government, and what we see in, 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 in families and around us. And many times you see a contrast that yes, we are Christians and we have this name Christian or even believers, but when it comes to the life, when, when it comes to morals, how someone lives, how someone relates with others, you find that there is so much that is lacking. And you ask yourself, a nation that is 86% Christian, Uganda, 86% Christian, why is it the moral fiber of a nation is so rotten? Why is it that in, in so many areas, you look at politics, especially now with these campaigns that have begun and the elections that are coming up. Why is it that when you look through the politics of a nation, you see a lot of rottenness? And you realize oh, all these are Christians, and, 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 and some of them, of course, are Muslims, but Islam just has a small percentage of, of the population. But also you're going to realize that even those who, majority of those who are standing in politics, you may realize that they're Muslims. But the issue is, you have so many churches, and, and when I talk of churches, you have to look at the Catholic church, the Protestant church, the, 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 the Pentecostal churches, or all evangelical churches. But then you see that the life, the impact, the transformation in the land is so limited. You look at business, the way business is carried out by Christians. You, don't, you do not see the real fragrance of Christ, the real life. When you look at the education sector, when you look at the health, the health sector, so many areas, you do not see the Bible or God really living there. And you ask yourself, why? And what really, what really happened? I want to briefly, by the grace of God, take you through a few things. 
the first missionaries came to Uganda in 1877. 1877. And their and this man, as, as he began to, to, to go about his work and, um, and, and, and exposing the country where he was from to the king and Buganda where he was at that time, and eventually talking about the life or Christianity and all that, there was a buying into it. And the king was prompted to say, please, can you ask the queen? Can you ask um, the queen to send... Uh, missionaries to Uganda. And so the first missionaries come in 1877. Before the missionaries came and before Stanley came to Uganda, there was an influence of religion in Uganda. The first missionaries found that there was another religion and that was Islam. Islam, through the Arabs, had come to Uganda and this coming, especially from 1856, the Kavaka of Uganda at that time began to, to desire to expose the kingdom to the outside world. And, and because of that desire to expose the kingdom to the outside world, so the Arabs who were mainly traders, were, they were accommodated. And these were Arabs, especially from Zanzibar. And so they, be, they are speaking Swahili. They begin to teach uh, Swahili a little bit, especially within the Kabak, of course, um, learned Swahili and um, a few other things. They were coming in with cotton. They were bringing in guns and they were bringing in luxury things. And in return, they were taking the ivory and they were getting slaves. And so the first religion that came to Uganda was Islam, to Buganda especially, and so they were trading. So as Islam was coming in, they were also bringing in these other things, and yes, what do we get? So they are getting slaves. They are taking the ivory. So eventually it was all about trading, but religion coming in, and they had these guns. And so... By the time Christianity comes in, it finds Islam already in the palace because they had set up what they called courts. And uh, so there were different things that were going on, especially in the palace. So by the time Christianity comes in, Islam is already there. And then the Arabs definitely did not like the Christians coming in. And they knew that Christianity now coming in is going to affect our way of, of life. And actually when Christianity began to come in and, and the Christians began to, to, to talk against selling people, slave trade, it was not so good with the Arabs. And the Arabs tried to spoil the name of the Christians before the king and it was, it was a tug of war. But also when the first missionaries that came in, especially CM, CSM, C, CMS, these were Protestants. A few years later, 
the, the French Catholics came in. And when the Catholics came in, and of course, a battle began for souls. And it eventually turned out that the Catholics tended to have more influence and to have more, more disciples than, than, the, than the Protestants. But it's quite a long story, I mean, a long history, which I will not uh, go into detail so much. But the major issue here was, and this is the main thing that I want to bring out, that when the missionaries began to come in, and especially they had three major things that they were doing. One, where you go, you establish a hospital, or you deal with health, um, a school, education, deal with education, and then a church. So those three things had great influence. And of course, because Islam was already there, the Kabaka opened up more to Christianity, especially uh, the Protestants of the Anglican, because of a deeper influence in literacy. And also when they came in, they came in with the uh, pressing press, and, um, and so the books that were eventually being printed, which were very, very cheap. So the influence was greater. And then the other thing was that the Kavaka began to understand that actually what the Arabs are talking about and their advancement in whatever they are doing actually originated from the Western world, especially England. So he desired to say, okay, let me get the very real civilization. And so he desired to have that life of the British come in. And of course, that was not very, I mean, desirable to the different forces that were at the time. So the Muslims began to fight and, and, um, and, um, and, and then there was a battle that erupted between the Catholics and, uh, and, um, and the Protestants to the extent that eventually the, the French Catholics had to withdraw. And of course, there were other issues that had come in, especially the way of life. And um, there was homosexuality that had been already actually introduced, especially by the Arabs and so many other things, which actually had affected the, the, the royals to the extent that, not to Mutesa, but there was another king that was uh, involved in homosexuality. And then the Catholics uh, say, no, this kind of life is not um, desirable and so on and so forth. But there was a battle to the extent that the Catholics withdrew from, from, from where they were and they went to another um, island um, near the lake. And eventually the, the Protestants began to, to dominate more. And later on, of course, um, because of the battle and, um, and the Muslims that, won, that were fighting because they had more guns and this and the other, and they wanted, actually before that, there was another group of Muslims that came from Egypt. And when they came from Egypt, and the reason why they came more was because of the source of the Nile. And, and they wanted to exert their authority, and the king said, no, this cannot be. And, 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 and that was one of the things that caused him to distance himself from, from Islam because of the political issues, the power, the, the ruling. 
But when the Muslims also came, they found that much as Islam was there through the Arabs, and, and these other people who had accepted Islam, but actually they were not really, really practicing the way a Muslim should practice. And actually the Kabaka at times used to lead prayers on, on Fridays. But he was not circumcised. And so when the Muslims from Egypt come in and they see a Kabaka who is not circumcised and is uh, leading prayers, they say no. And, and they saw other things, especially uh, what people are eating, and they said, no, this cannot be. And so a conflict came in, and that caused the Kabaka to withdraw a little bit from Islam. And so by the time Christianity comes in, he opens up to, to Christianity. But the other thing is that as some of these battles were taking place, there was already, um, um, there was a company, actually, colonization, especially in, in this part of um, Africa. When, when the missionaries came in, their major intention was not to advance the British rule. But they somehow got caught up in whatever that was going on because of the battles. They needed to remain relevant. They needed to overcome the battles that were going on. And there was, there was a drawing towards a man called Captain Lugard. And then Captain Lugard, of course, was a soldier. He was not um, so much of a believer or a Christian. But, and he did not want to get involved so much, but he had to because he began to side with the, with the, with the, with the Protestants and, and, and the battle that was taking place with the, with the Catholics and also uh, the Kabaka now, Mwanga, who had eventually tried to change and he tried to become a Catholic and this and the other because of so many reasons. And eventually through that battle, the Catholics are defeated and, 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 and the Protestants are through influences of other royals. So eventually, um, the British rule begins to come in and the missionaries begin to advocate for more of the British to take over because they needed to be protected and then Uganda becoming a protectorate. And so through that protection, eventually colonization comes in and takes over. But this is the point that I want to bring in, to bring out. When the when Christianity was taking more root in Buganda and in Uganda, Christianity was not coming in as salvation. And I want you to understand this. It was more of a religion. I want you to understand this because this is the main point. This was more of a religion as opposed to salvation. So the salvation, the gospel that Jesus was preaching, by the time these missionaries came in, because of course these were many, many years after the coming of Jesus and, uh, and the going back of Jesus to heaven, it was so many years, even after so many moves, of, of God and revivals, and it was way after 
um, the early church had turned into, into um, becoming a Catholic church and, and, and eventually um, the emperor having influence because he got challenged and, and when these Christians were having this other Lord over them and it's like, who is this other Lord? I'm, 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 I'm the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm everything. And so began to say, how do we influence? And so different things being brought into uh, Christianity and then Christianity or Catholic church becoming a state religion and all that. So by the time all that takes place and by the time Christianity comes to Uganda, a lot had happened around the world. A lot had happened. Um, there is, there is um, those of you who have looked at the East African revival, um, I, was, I was so challenged when I heard about a man um, Actually, this man eventually became a bishop. Um, he eventually became a bishop of, um, of Chigez. Um, I've forgotten his name a little bit. Come again? No, before Chivenjeri. Uh, there, um, there was one that took over after Chivenjeri. This man, um, his, his, his grandfather eventually became a, a Christian one night, uh, he just woke up and he just went to church and he surrendered his life to the Lord. He became a Christian. And, um, and then eventually this young man uh, also surrendered his life to the Lord, I think, from the age of, of, of nine and onwards. And then one day he's, um, um, he has finished um, either primary six and, uh, and he, he, he goes to Tumbarara. He begins to, he, he joins um, uh, a teaching college, and then one day he's doing uh, a math test, and he cheats from his neighbor. He, he cheats uh, two numbers, and after he cheated, he got so convicted that after the exam, he went to, to his teacher, and his teacher was, was uh, a reverend, reverend, um, I think reverend um, hog, reverend something, and he was white. So he goes to him and says, um, I, have, I have sinned. I have cheated two numbers and I have wiped them off. Please forgive me. And this man says, I am not a Mlokole. And of course, by that time, because of the, of the revival that broke out uh, in, in, in Chigezi, because of the influence from, from Gahini. And also the revival in Gahini was because of another influence that began, especially in the 1920, 1929, with a few men like um, Svambi, Simeon, and Svambi, um, Blasio Chigoz. was a brother of, a uh, young brother of Simeon. Um, but this, this man says, I've, I've sinned, please forgive me. And, and the reverend, who was his teacher, says, I'm not a Mlokole, but I like Dabalokole. And he says, go in peace, you're forgiven. And I said, okay, how does a reverend say, I'm not saved, I'm not a Mlokole, but I like these things? And, and so you wonder. And then you realize, okay, we have saved reverence and we have unsaved reverence. And you say, okay, how, how did this come about? And it goes back 
to the missionary work. That when Christianity comes in, it does not come in as real salvation, but comes in as a religion. As a religion. And, and, and of course, back in England, you realize that the queen was, is the head of the church. And, and, and there is so much that is involved in that. The issue here is that why and how come Uganda as a Christian nation is not so much changed? Why is it that many of us that have been born in Christian families and we have Christian names, why is it that our lives are not changed? Why is it that someone comes and stands and ministers and is a pastor and is a bishop and is an apostle and is a prophet and, and does so many things in terms of Christianity and, and preaching, but the life is the contrary. And so Jesus stands and he says, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And he says, whoever abides in me and I in him shall bring forth much fruit. Much fruit. And, and this life that Jesus is talking about, it is the life of God. It is the fear of God. It is the reverence for God. It is where God Controls a man. Reigns in a, in, in a person's life. It's where God is in charge. As, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except it abides in the vine. As the vine depends on the husbandman who is God. That the husbandman who is God supplies life. To this vine and as long as the vine is attached as long as the branch is attached to the vine there will be fruit there will be life and the, the fruits that are coming out of this branch these are fruits of righteousness it's the fruit of the spirit it is the fear of God. It's the love for God. It's the kindness. It is self-control. It is so much that is beyond human comprehension. And when you look at how materialism and socialism and capitalism and communism and so many systems of the world have come in and they've tried to affect and to redefine what the church is and what Christianity is all about, you realize that so many people who are Christians and who are in the church, they are, they are deep, the deepest life of their heart is diluted, is mixed up with so many systems and things of the world that the pure life of Christ does not come forth, does not, is not displayed. And that's why Jesus says, if you abide in me, if you stay, you shall bear fruit. And when you find 
Christians today and the church today that when, when we get all these things that we want to get in life and we mix them up with Christianity, with salvation, and eventually you see something else which is not exactly what the Bible talks about. And when you find that a believer will focus on breakthroughs in their lives, a breakthrough either financially or a breakthrough in family, a breakthrough in so many areas and miracles and so on and so forth, and they begin to blind a believer's life from the real life of Christ and the abiding in him. And so eventually you see that the fruit that comes out is totally different. And that fruit cannot change the world. That fruit cannot transform our families, the people around us, because we begin to compete with them. We want to prove a point with them. We want to, to say, yes, I'm blessed. You, 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 you looked at me and said that you're finished because I'd gotten become a believer. But look, the Lord has blessed me. Why? Because of the money and many things and the jobs and this and the other. And so eventually, what we want to display to the world is the same things that the world is competing with. Why? Because we've lost sight of this life of remaining in Jesus, the real life that Jesus came to give. Until people get to a point where they begin to realize the difference between religion and salvation. Until someone gets to that point of differentiating between religion and salvation, life will continue to be a mystery. Life, even within the church, will continue to be a life without the real fruit of the Spirit, without the real fruit that Jesus talked about. Why is it that you find so many people who are believers and they've been believers for a very long time, but in the inside of them, they do not feel the very warmth of Jesus, the very warmth of God, the very warmth, the, the, the very relationship with the Holy Spirit. It is a mystery. Even when they become ministers, even when they become pastors and, and so on and so forth, there is that real life of Jesus that remains a mystery. And you ask yourself, why? Ladies and gentlemen, there is a strong need for a great awakening in these days. A great spiritual awakening. There is need for a fresh revival that should sweep through the church. And eventually it will touch and affect the world. The church today will pray for the world and intercede for the world and desire that the world changes. But within the church, there is a life that is missing. There is a life of Jesus that is missing. There is a life of God that is missing. And you cannot give what you don't have. And that's why many have come to the churches Many have come to the churches, but their lives have not changed. Why? Because the very life of Jesus is not there. We've not allowed Jesus to be Lord. We've not allowed Jesus to reign in our hearts. Something has to happen. And you ask yourself, 
How can God, the sovereign God, allow or permit a disease to affect almost the entire world? How come that governments can begin to dictate on what goes on in church and whether churches should open and not open? How come is there God? Is there Jesus who is the head of the church? And you can get to a point where you begin to realize actually what is going on can be beyond just the world. Beyond the world. It's beyond governments and, and so on and so forth. It's beyond politicians. But God has something he wants to do. And he wants to do it in his church. In the church. God could be speaking and he says, return to me. Come back. Come back into the vine. Come back to the first love. Come to the cross. You can be born in Christianity. You can be born in churches, like now we have Pentecostal churches. You, your parents can be believers. But when you yourself, as an individual, you've never had a personal encounter with the man Jesus. You may have joined church You've been wedded in church. You've done almost everything within church. All that you are. You've studied while you were in church as a student. You've gotten a job. You've, you've, you've put up things. You were in business and so on and so forth. You were minister. You serve. But when there's something lacking in you, there is a fruit that is not coming forth. If today a believer that has been a believer for years gets a dream, goes through Things and the first thing they want is to look for a pastor to interpret their dream and to talk to them about their challenges. And you realize, okay, if that is the case today to a believer who has been a believer for years, then how about the world that is unreached? And you realize what is going on. Other than man being in church and not really God. That programs and systems of church can replace 
the real life of Jesus. That someone today is going to look at a pastor and a church and the church systems and it's as though that is all. This does not mean that people alienate themselves from church and they live their own lives. No. But the issue is, why is it that it is a problem, a big challenge today for a believer to relate with Jesus? To know the will of God? To seek the mind of God? And the major reason is that there is a lack of abiding today. There is a lack of sitting at his feet and totally gazing on him. Re resting in him. A machine can do a work. Laws and systems can produce a work. But it is only life that produces fruit. It's only life that produces fruit. Ladies and gentlemen, God is saying, return to him. Return to him. The church of Jesus should come back to the cross. And encounter Jesus afresh. The church, the believers, should get their eyes from everything around them. And all big names of leaders that have gripped their Christian focus. And simply... Return to the vine. Return to the vine. It is only and only that when a believer is abiding in the vine, the real life from the vine will be produced in terms of fruit through a particular branch. And you have a choice today to either continue the way you live and the way you do things or to begin to pursue with a fresh zeal the master. And when you look at when Jesus talked of vine, the, the chapter before he talked of the, the spirit, the relationship with the Holy Spirit. And when you look at the chapter after chapter 15, he still talks about the Holy Spirit and that relationship. And so church, we do not have a tomorrow. We have today. It is not next week. It's not next month. 
It's not next year. It is today. Today. And it's not going to be just very easy for you. If you've been so caught up in so many things. And some of these things may not necessarily be evil. But you've been so lost in the world and the systems of the world. You've been so lost in your studies and in your job and in your family. It's not going to be so easy to simply have a clear mind focused on Jesus. While you begin this journey, while you begin to pursue him, the mind is going to be full of all these things that you are attached to. As you begin to call him, call upon him and to pray and to worship him, your mind is going to be lost, caught up, and you're going to go through a period of surrender. Cutting yourself off from all these things that internally he can come back and take up that place in you where he himself resides. And he begins to put all the other things in the places where they ought to be. This week has been one of the most fruitful weeks for me with the master throughout this entire period. And even the past week, but I realized that as time goes by, the more surrender, the more you surrender, the more you focus, the more you're going to be derailed by so many things, the more you're going to be tempted by so many things that are trying to seek your attention but the more you stay, the more you abide, the more you create that time, the more you call upon him, the more he's going to give you the grace. And then this has nothing to do with simply human effort. It's the working of the Holy Spirit. But I assure you, when you begin to get a breakthrough in this life of Christ and abiding in him, you're going to begin to realize how lost you were in so many things and so many systems. And the more you're going to appreciate the power of the blood of Jesus that sets us free. The more your love for Jesus is going to leap up greatly. And the more you begin to understand without him, I can do nothing. Without him, I can do nothing. I'll ask you to stand on your feet. There was a day this week when 
I just want to share with you this for you to understand that you can surrender to the Lord and he, he can take over. He begins to lead you. There was a day this week when they were cutting grass, especially on the expressway, and at the farm we need, we need grass for the animals. And it's not so f- easy when you look at animals that need food and, and there's no food. And so by God's grace, we've been trying to get food, but there's this grass, and at times we will connect with the people who, who cut it and, and, and um, who mow it and, um, and, and gather it and, and transport it. And normally the system is that those companies take out this grass and they just dump it somewhere. So um, one of um, my, my, my friends um, who we had made an appointment with the following day to, to go early, work with the workers and get the some and begin to rake the grass. And, uh, and, and he couldn't because of so many things. But also to me, where I was, I, I had this sense, let me spend time with the Lord. Let me just spend this time with the Lord. Of course, it wasn't the first time, but all these other days. But that particular day, and so there's, I'm, I'm yielding to this strong conviction. Just stay, just, just drink, just, just sit in my presence. And, and eventually, I, I finished and I had to do um, so some things at home with the children and this and the other. And then I leave and, 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 and I go and do other things. And by the time I got to the farm, um, I had literally surrendered the 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 pressure and the burden to either I'd actually even talk to someone and say please can you we will pay you get men because they had done before take men to to wreck the grass and we will we'll pay and then we hire vehicles and this and the other but that day I simply surrendered and the man who transports at times this grass that company had told me that um, because the grass is far he will not be able to do it this time but I, I simply that day surrendered everything just focused on the Lord and what he was doing and what he wanted to build in me. So I, I reached the farm and, um, and this was now in the afternoon. I reached the farm and, and this man eventually came in and, and delivered a truck of grass. And he went back and delivered another truck. And actually when I was leaving, I, I drove uh, on the same road and I found them uh, filling another truck. And I said, okay. And I'm, as I'm driving and I'm like, yes, I'm with the Lord and we are talking and say, yes, this is it. There is a life I demand of my people. But once that abiding is not there in me, it becomes difficult to know those simple, to get those simple instructions. That you can get overwhelmed so much by the things that you need to do and you realize that you are missing God that could have worked out something on the other side. This life, friends, of surrendering and yielding to the Lord is real. This business of claiming we are believers, we are strong believers, and we are ministers, and we have all these titles and this and the other, but when it comes to fruit, it's a mystery that life 
has to come to an end. There has to be a fresh pursuit for Jesus. And especially, especially to those of you who have things that you are doing. You have things that you're doing. You're not just seated. You're not idle. But you have things that you're doing. You have a job or you have a business. You have a family. You have this and the other. You're a student and this and the other. You're busy. You have things you're doing. You can get a breakthrough in this walk. Because it's not just human effort. It is him who desires that you may get much fruit. That you may bear much fruit. I want you to pray. He said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, whatever you ask will be given to you by my Father. When prayer is coming out of the abiding life, it is only on and only when prayer is coming out of fellowship and the abiding life that prayer will be fruitful, will produce results. That we will see the Father answer prayer. We will see the Father answer prayer. Because Jesus said, it will be done by my Father. The life that we are talking about, the life that the Father is leading us into, it means that he's preparing us for greater answers and more answers and more response from the Father. But it all begins by getting back to abide in the vine, to abide in him. And so right now, simply surrender to him. Ask him and say, Master, I am here. Your life is not your own. Your life belongs to him. We've lived our own lives for long. We've done our own things. We make our own decisions. And the master does not force us, does not push you. He will stand on the side. He will desire that you come back. He will desire that you turn to him. And this is the season that he's opening up his heart to the church and he says, seek me while I may still be found. Give yourself to me. Oh, people surrender, people yield to the Lord this morning. Let it be a special morning to you. Micho, can I have minors from you, please? Recozete 
Matalabo, Sekayerebo, Sikayerebo. The presence of God is here this morning. Let God touch you. Let God touch your spirit. Let God let him revive in you a pursuit for him, a desire for him, a longing for him that will yield to fruitfulness. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. Yes, Lord. When praises go up, when worship goes up, there has to be a coming down of His presence. It only happens when there is that abiding life. Reko zoko yamde. Rekozoko bababa yamde, rekozoko mreta babalabo, zeke yere rebo mderebo, zeke yere Father, everything in us that is not of you, everything that stands in the way of fruitfulness, Lord, purge it. Lord, cleanse it. Lord, remove it, Father. Whatever that is in the way of fruitfulness, Father, in this place, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, we desire to lay everything at your feet, O oh God. We desire to lay programs. We desire to lay systems. We desire to lay, my Father, everything at your feet, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, that as a ministry, my Father. My God. My God. When you deal with the life from the inside, O oh Lord. You begin to release that life from the inside and it will begin to deal with the outside, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. Father, whatever that I'm used to, oh God, in ministering, in relating with you, Father, let there be a deep pruning, Lord. God of glory. Father, let there be a great awakening. In this season of a great awakening, my Father, a spiritual awakening, my God, 
Let there be a strong response, Lord, to the great spiritual awakening, my Father. My Father. It's not simply about preaching. It's not simply about singing. It's not simply about serving. It is about Jesus. It's about Jesus. 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 If you abide. Lord. Anything of religion that has stood in the way of salvation, Father, deal with it, Lord. Any belief system, Lord, any doctrine, anything, Lord, my God, that has tried to stand in the way of your life. When you say that I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Father, help us, Lord. God, help us, Lord. Padge. One more minute, one more minute. Engage, please. One more minute. Yes, Lord. Welcome. Welcome, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus Jesus Welcome Welcome He's here He's here Rekozoko babala bozete Rekozekayana bodabo Be free in the name of Jesus Be free be free in Jesus' name. Be free from every bondage. Be free from every hold of the world. Be free from every hold and the systems of the world. Be free from the power of the flesh. In the name of Jesus. Be free from the power of sin. In the name of Jesus. Be free. And whom the Son sets free shall be free indeed.
be free from the love of money. Makayarebo, shikayarebo. Be free from pornography. Be free, rebo, shikayamderebo. Be free from the power of social media. Be free from the lebo, shikayalabo. Be free from movies and videos and everything that has corrupted your spirit, that has corrupted your inner man. Be free, be free, rabo shikayalabo, in the name of Jesus. Be free from the power of materialism. Be free from the power of capitalism, in the name of Jesus. Be free, be free. Church of Jesus, be free. He declares and he says, without me, you can do nothing. Preachers, come back to Jesus. Worshippers, come back to Jesus. Intercessors, karaboshi kayalabo, come back to Jesus.
Seize the air that I breathe, Lord. Master. <sighs> He's serious. He's longing fellowship with you. Lost without you. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your very presence living in me you are my daily bread you are my daily bread Jesus, your very word spoken to me, and I am desperate for you. And I am lost without you. Oh, I'm lost without you. Lost without you. Lost without you, Lord. Mantelela bom prosheka yara baba bayamde. I'm desperate for you. Revive every soul, Lord. The reviving grace of God. The reviving power of the blood of Jesus. And I uh, 
I'm desperate for you And I Lost without you Lost without you You are my everything 